Welcome to Gardening Talk back on 2 FM. Greg Richard here, joined by Scott Sharp. Scott, great to see you once again. Yes, good to see you. It's been a long time, but finally we're, we're reunited. Re- reunited, what was it, two weeks? I think it was longer than that in the end, wasn't it? Oh, possibly a bit yeah, longer, yeah. Long, yeah, long, long time. Maybe, maybe four weeks, yeah. maybe a month. Scott Sharp, what do you got for us today? Well, look, the gall of it. I'm going to be talking about some galls that are a problem in the garden at the yep. moment. Yeah, the azalea gall and the gall wasp on citrus. So we'll have a chat about those. Of course, it is windy out there, as you know. We'll have a quick talk about how you might protect your plants. And Bryn has called in about, oh, sorry, he's emailed in about his peppercorn tree and a possible borer in there. So we might have a, a chat about Bryn's problem. All right, doesn't sound good. Now, we got an email earlier this week. From Bryn, he's got some issues with his peppercorn tree. Yes, I understand. Bryn's a very good, uh, well-known Welsh name. I, I think it is a Welsh name. Yeah. Okay. So if thank an, you. If anyone can prove me wrong, but yeah, well, we, I'm willing to be proven wrong on that as well. But Bryn has emailed in about a problem he's having with his peppercorn tree. It sounds like quite an older uh, tree that he's got there. Yep. Um, and he's been sort of um, looking around because it's looking a little bit tired at the moment. And uh, in his investigations, he's found a few holes in the tree and right. a whole lot of sawdust in there. And he said one of them is about 150 mil wide. Okay, so that's, yeah. that's pretty uh, That's pretty substantial. That's wide enough. Yeah, yeah, that's wide enough. So, look, it sounds like with the, the plant feeling a little bit um, you know, unhappy and yellowing off and having huge big holes in it like that, it sounds like he might have a quite an extensive borer problem. Uh, look, it is treatable yourself, but I, I think with a large tree, you are best to get an arborist out to have a better look at it. Yep. Um, look, borers can be pruned out as well. They can also be poisoned. Uh, Bryn's come up with a great idea. If, if like a big hole like that, clean all the, you know, the sawdust and stuff out of it and fill it with that expanding foam. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's not going to harm the tree in any yep. way, but it's going to sort of choke the borer out. Yep. Um, you might put some poison in there in the first place before you then go and put yep. the... Uh, the expanding foam in there because all the fumes will then rise up through the tree. Uh, I also had an arborist uh, suggest to me uh, just to spray, you know, like almost drench the, the bark um, with pyrethrum and it would soak in and go up through the sap stream of the plant. All right. So that might be another way to do it as well. But look, I, I think for such a large tree like that, Bryn, uh, probably best to get an arborist out just to, you know, have a bit of a climb up and around, see where... Else there might be some borers, uh, you know, some other damage. Might need a, a bit of a prune. Um, peppercorns are quite prunable like that, so uh, not an issue there. And uh, then get them to uh, to treat it, you know, almost, you know, if it's on an industrial level, yep. if it's such a, a large plant. With borers, is it usually just more than one hole usually? or Yeah, so the little buggers do breed. They, uh, yep. they love it. You can get little weevils or you can get, uh, I guess, more like little insects as well. And they just get in there. They start burrowing away. Uh, it, it can be that there's some other, you know, incursion point for them, another, you know, break in the tree and they go, oh, there's a weakness. In we go yep. and, and off they, you know, they make the plant weaker and all of a sudden they're in this sort of perpetual motion machine, the poor old plant. And, you know, the, the borers are going, thank you very much. And they just keep on going at it. So you do need to treat it and try and get it back under control. All right. And we've got David from Charlestown and he's got blood oranges, fruit that's dropping at the moment. I sure do. How are you, Scott? Yeah, good. Thanks, David. How can we help you, mate? Um, last season, I chopped about 90% of my blood oranges. They they got the ripening stage and, yeah, and then it was just a mass drop right on, yeah, probably about a week or two before they all ripened. You know, they don't want to ripen at the same time, obviously, but over that, yeah, that course of that ripening period, I just lost them 90%. I was heartbroken because they're so cool. <laughs> yeah, true, true. It would be heartbreaking. 
Uh, Dave, where is your blood orange? Is it in a pot or is it in, in the ground? Uh, it's, in, it's in the ground. It's probably been in the ground a good 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I get I get a fr- fruit fly down there, but it does the, the fruit fly don't bother the, uh, the blood orange as much as the mandarin. Yes, that's um, correct. Yep. And this time of year, I'm getting a bit of stink bug on it, which is uh, I can deal with. That's not a problem, and that doesn't seem to really... Uh, the developing fruit at the moment doesn't seem to bother that if I'm onto it. So, um, yeah, I was just scratching my head when I lost all that fruit. Yeah, look, and I guess at the moment everything's being fairly well watered with the rain. Uh, look, you know, over the last couple of days, though, we've had the wind, and as soon as a plant uh, like a citrus gets stressed, the first thing it's going to do is drop its fruit, and often they overproduce. Yeah. Uh, and and then so when they do get stressed or something happens, they'll they'll drop their fruit or their flowers if it's a flowering stage, uh, and unfortunately that might have been what what's happened to yours. So you know watering, especially in these really windy periods, is is very important. Just slow watering with you know like one of those little bubble sprinklers just to let it soak yeah, that's deep what, that's down. Right. Yeah. I usually just I'll, I'll run off my water tank, which is gravity fed down the backyard, and yep. just I just let it go. So. Give it a good hour of, of a slow water. I knew that, but um, yeah, maybe last season just got to stress out because it was a it was a good season. It had a it was a really good bumper crop, and yeah, that's what killed me. broke my heart the most. Yeah. So look, the the other thing to do is get some sulphate of potash as well, and and keep on building that up in the soil. Uh, it sort of washes away, so it doesn't sit around in the soil. So you have to keep on using it fairly regularly, uh, yeah, sure. and and that'll actually promote you know stronger fruit and holding onto the uh, onto the tree. Uh, look, the other thing might be: Have you given it a prune most recently, or I did. I give it a prune uh, the end of or the season before last, just to promote that growth. I pretty much pruned the inside of it inside out um, and knocked it back just to give it that good air through the middle of it. Um, and then I, then I thought, oh, you know, I pruned it. Yeah, it's got a great crop this year because I pruned it. Yes, and then I lost it. So, but yeah, that sulphate of potash, I'll give that a whirl. Yeah, look, that's you just keep on using it. Uh, it'll you know sort of you know it evaporates, I guess, from the soil is the best way to, to think about it. So, it's something you have to keep on using fairly regularly and build it up as it comes into the the flowering and fruiting season. Uh, and again, when you know it's going to be you know hot and dry at the moment, the plant's going to get stressed. Uh, yeah. definitely get out and use some water. Once the plant and a citrus has its flower and fruit set on it, you don't fertilise at that time because that's going to stress the plant out as well. So you always leave it alone and just give it plenty of water uh, to make your fruit nice and juicy and keep that uh, flower on the plant for you. Excellent. And then the sulphate of potash is fine while it's developing that fruit? Yeah, look, that that's fine to use. Uh, you can mix that up and use it in a liquid form, but you certainly don't give it uh, you know, any citrus food or any poultry manure at that time. You could give it some liquid fertiliser if you wanted to, but uh, probably not necessary at that point in time. Nah, Just use the sulphate of potash. Awesome. Thanks for that, Scott. I appreciate it. Okay, good on you, David. Good luck with it. Thanks, man. Have a good day, Cheers. boys. Bye-bye. We've got Gail from Brankston, and she's trying to treat a fungal disease on a cucumber plants. Hey, Gail, what's been happening? Well, I heard Scott speak a couple of weeks ago about a just fungal disease that was attacking cucumber vines. Is that correct? Yes, yes. So you, you can get, uh, you know, mildew, um, downy mildew on uh, your, your cucumber vines. Yeah, well, they're flowering. And yes. as soon as you get that little tiny cucumber on and the flower's dying, well, then the cucumber is going yellow and, and completely brown and just dying. Yes, yeah, so it sounds like you've, in fact, got a, a blossom end rot going on there. And that's a fungal disease that uh, gets into the flower 
and then as the that flower uh, material then turns into the into the fruit or the cucumber, uh, that fungal disease just stays there, and then it, you know just withers up that little uh, connecting uh, you know piece of material, and it just then the fruit just drops off. So yes, because I've got a myriad of cucumbers on, but they they're there for about a week, and then they're just dying, and that's it. Yeah. So look, what you need to be doing is get a fungicide. Have you got anything in the uh, in the shed that might be? Look, I looked, and I wasn't quite sure whether to spray it on something that I was going to eat. So that's why I thought I'd ring in and get your suggestion. Yeah. So copper oxychloride is a good, safe fungicide to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd spray it when the plant's flowering, and also then keep on, uh, you know, spraying it when the fruit's forming as well, and all over the leaves too, because you can get downy mildew all over the leaves of uh, a cucumber. Uh, so very important just to keep on using that. Copper oxychloride uh, is a very safe uh, chemical to use. It essentially just washes off. It forms a coating over the plant to, to uh, you know, save and protect the flower from any spores getting in there. Uh, and then you can just wash that off. There might be a very small withholding period on that, but always check the label of the chemical you're using. Uh, and it will just say withholding period, you know, seven days, two days, whatever. Uh, and you always just use that as your withholding period so you don't eat uh, the fruit after uh, you've uh, sprayed from that for that time. Okay, and I can pick that up at any nursery? Yeah, any garden centre will be able to help you out with that. So copper oxychloride is the one to get uh, for uh, cucumber fungal protection. Wonderful. Thank you for your help. Okay. Have a good day. You too, Gail. Cheers. Bye. It's Gardening Talk back on 2 and you are FM. If you've got a question, 49216216. We've got Jude from Broadmeadow. And she's looking at, she wants a recommendation, actually. She wants a fast-growing, non-deciduous shade tree. Hi, Jude. How can we help you? Hello. Yes. Yeah, you want a shade tree for your garden. I do. Not something that's going to be absolutely massive. It's not a huge garden, but I just need that shade in the summertime. And uh, how tall do you you think you need it to get to, Jude? Oh, gee. (laughs) I don't really know. Um... All five metres? Yeah, okay. Look, what I'm going to suggest to you, there's a, a native, uh, It's called, we call it Tuckaroo. It's a, like, you know, just the, the colloquial name we call it. It's a, its sort of botanical yes. name is called Capaniopsis. Uh, and I it is... I do know the tuckaroo, yeah. Great. And it is a fantastic, it's a tree, uh, it's bird attracting, uh, it's a native to the area. Uh, now, the great thing about uh, your tuckaroo is you can give it a prune if you need to and keep it down if it starts to get too big. Uh, now, your tuckaroo around here will get to about eight metres tall, so that's probably a little bit taller than you need. But yeah, you can, that's a dilemma. Yeah, but you can certainly keep it pruned down, so that's not an issue. It's an evergreen. It's really tough. Another plant that you might um, consider, uh, you know, lily pillies. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, in particular, there's one called Cascade. Uh, it's a really beautiful plant. It only gets to about four metres tall. Uh, now, if you want to, you can prune underneath that and, you know, form a trunk. You don't have to keep it bushy all the way down to the ground. Uh, you get those beautiful flowers on there. All the new growth comes out uh, in that pink-red colour, and it's absolutely spectacular when it's got its new growth on there. Again, very, very tough. It uh, doesn't get psyllids uh, to the extent that some other lily pillies do there. Those little sort of little pimple insects that you get that wreck up the leaves on them. So Cascade doesn't get that. Uh, and so there's, you know, I think a couple of good, uh, you know, ideas that uh, you might be able to use as shade trees. Oh, well, that's good. Thank you very kindly, Mum. Not a problem at all. Okay, good luck with it. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. And we've got Shirley from Whitebridge, and she's got Indian thorn, hawthorns. 
that have gone brown recently. Good afternoon, Shirley. How can we help you? Yeah, good, thanks. Um, yeah, I was just wondering how we can revive our Indian hawthorns. They've been wonderful up until now. Um, they've gone all brown. Two yeah. of them in the front. They're in outside. Mm-hmm. They're off the front veranda. Okay, they're really, really tough plant, the old Indian hawthorn. Now, what part of the plant has gone brown? Is it the leaves? Uh, the leaves. Okay. Have you fed the plant recently? No, that's what I want to know. Do we have to give it anything special? No, look, I, I think my advice is with a plant that's just going brown like that, if you yeah. start fertilising it more, it, chances are the plant's a little bit stressed out. So you fertilise it more and that's just mm. going to make it worse and worse for the plant. It, it just yeah. can't sort of process the fertiliser that's going through it, makes it browner, you know, the plant gets more stressed. Yeah. All of a sudden it's not very pretty for the plant. At the moment, I would just be watering it, uh, water, 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 especially with these really dry conditions that we've got. Uh, so that's about all I would do at the moment. You might even give it a light prune back if you wanted to, just to take, you know, oh, okay. yeah, just a very light sort of shave over the top, just to take the uh, the stress off the plant. Yeah, because they're a beautiful um, one. You told me ages ago to plant them in the pots, and um, they're being gorgeous. You know, like the flower comes out on them a couple of times a year. And uh, they've always got green leaves, but now they're gone brown. Yeah, yeah. look, tough as nails they are and perfect for, for uh, pots, uh, you know, the way you've got them growing. You do get those beautiful no. flowers. Uh, but, look, I would, I would just be watering at the moment. Uh, and yeah, just, just water to, them. Yeah, just to try and counteract the really hot conditions and a very light prune back uh, to uh, tr- try and relieve some of that stress. Oh, thanks so much. Okay, not Thank a problem. You, okay. Bye-bye. Thanks, Shirley. Bye-bye. Yeah. We've got Rosslyn from Karua and I'm going to make an absolute meal of this, Timbuchina. <laughs> oh, you didn't do too bad. I'm like, that's almost an a la carte three-course five-star meal mm-hmm. you made of that. <laughs> no, no, t- Timbuchina. So you've, Tim- done, you've done pretty well. Almost. Yeah. I'm getting there every week. You are. Well, apparently it's almost ring-barked by the whippersnipper. <laughs> okay. That's uh, Rosalind. How can we? How can we help? Who's been doing the whippersnippering? Do you want us to have a stern oh, word to them? I, I won't say. Um, is it, I, is it I, yourself, Rosalind? No, no, it's not me. Okay. Um, I get my I get my lawn mowed. So, okay. um, it's about four foot high, about three years old. Yes, the tibishina. It's been going really nicely, and then I noticed that um, like the bark's been taken off nearly all the way um, around it. I've put like um. A protective collar on it now, but I'm wondering if it's too late. And I'm um, just wondering if there's anything you can get to paint on it to sort of help it at all or anything. Yeah, look, there, there certainly is. And unfortunately, in a situation like this, it's uh, you know only t- only time will tell. Uh, you know whether the plant will survive. Yeah. Uh, you know such nastiness being done to it. Yeah. Uh, the product you need to go out and get is called Steri Prune. It's a tar-based paint. Uh, you can okay. either get it as an aerosol. Sorry. Steri Prune. Prune. S T R E R I P R U N E. Yeah, Steri Prune. So it's a tar-based paint. Uh, it comes either as an aerosol or as a little tin, uh, and it you just paint it over the wound and sort of up and around the bark that's there. Uh, if you ever do any pruning as well, Steri Prune's excellent. You just give it a quick spray oh. or a paint just to protect any cuts on the plant. Yeah, I think I've heard you talk about it before. Yeah, it's a, look, it's a really, really great uh, little product. It's been around for years and years. I remember okay. it as, as a kid, so that's, uh, you know, at least oh, yeah. uh-huh, at yeah. least uh, 15 years old then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 
Uh, no, I'm a little bit older than that now. Uh, so I, just get, I could get that at Bunnings, could I? Yeah, look, any, any independent garden centre you'll be able to get that at. Okay. Uh, yeah. And just paint it on and keep on watering the plant. It really is just a hope for the best situation. Okay. So uh, that, you know, it'll... That the plant will re regroup and okay. yeah, make sure so you've it's got a some good sort idea of to give it plenty of water when it's like that, is it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, make sure right. that you've got a. I'll go uh, and do it right now. <laughs> the, the protective collar on, uh, yep. so that uh, any person who might be wielding a whippersnipper yes. in the future uh, can't get near it. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. I'll give it a try. Good Thanks on you, very Rosalind. Much. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. We've got David from Hinton, and he's got some strange growths on his palm trees. I'm glad you qualified that. <laughs> David, how can we help? Hi, Scott. How are you going? Pretty well, mate. What's been going on? Mate, I've got what I believe to be a sugar palm or a cocos palm. Now, I don't know whether they're one and the same or not. Yeah, a, co- a cocos palm gets a big woody trunk on it, pretty quick growing, and gets lots and lots of yellow berries all over it, yellow no, seeds. No, no, this, no not, not that one, but doesn't matter. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> it, it's a green palm tree, okay, with yep. a wooden trunk. Yes. Coming out of the base of the trunk are a lot of, I don't know, I don't know whether you call them pups or what, with new shoots on it. Yeah, yes. What, um, can I just cut them off? You can't pull them out. Um, I tried to pull them off. If I just use like a machete or something, can I just cut them off without killing the tree? Yeah, look, you certainly can. It, it doesn't sound like it's been, you know, the, the, the seed of the palm, you know, growing because that would be in the ground around the plant. Yeah. Um, so you're saying it's just sort of shooting from the from the bottom of the woody trunk, are you? Yeah. Look, I, I think you can pretty successfully um, prune those out. The one thing you can't do with a palm is you can't go right up to the top of it and um, prune out that, that main leader that keeps on coming up because that surely no. kills the palm. So, yeah. But anything down below that, any you know fronds that might be drooping down or starting to yellow off, you can get rid of those. And um, any anything that's down around that woody trunk, you can get rid of as well. It's The main thing is you don't take out that that main vertical leader that's up the top of the plant. Well, in the centre at the top, it's only about a metre high, this thing, but in the centre, it it forms like a, I don't know what you call it, it's it's like a flower, but then it dies off and there's all um, orangey coloured, I don't know what their seeds or what they are, but yeah, that's, I don't know what kind of farm it is. Yeah, it, it sounds like it. Look, always feel free to send us in a, a pic if you want to via the email and uh, we'll have a look at it and, um, you know, have a chat about it next week if you get it into us. Okay. The other question I've got, I've got an orange tree that has a whole lot of last season's oranges still on it and it's flowered. Should I pull those old oranges off or yeah. leave them there? No, most definitely. They, they won't be uh, tasty and juicy anyway. I'd get rid of those. They're just burdening the plant at this point in time. Yeah. Uh, you okay. need it to put its energy back into any uh, new fruit that's going to come on there. Okay, mate, you've done well. Take the rest of the day off. <laughs> I, love, I love the way you talk. Uh, but, but you're offside of there. He certainly can't because he hasn't done much at all. <laughs> we'll we'll crack, the, crack the whip well over his head. Okay. Thanks, you, guys. David. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Thanks, David. Sadly, Scott, you've still got 15 more minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs> and counting. <laughs> and we've got Barry from Lake Macquarie, and he's got a... F- Frog in the drain. Hey, there you go, mate. <laughs> Good, thanks, Barry. I thought you were going to uh, do some sort of uh, croaking then when you started off, but no, all's well. Oh, I was going to try and imitate it. So <laughs> you know, where I'm coming from. 
Yeah. Okay. Last couple of months there, even though uh, every three or four weeks, this comes out. You know, and I've traced it to this drain on the side of the house. Now I don't know what size it is. Or what you, obviously, it's a male. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like it's uh, you know any or you know any sort of yeah. What, what's going on with it? Look, if you if you make if you make the noise for us one once more, Barry, I think I might be able to pick it. Good on you, man. That's good. You work it here, but good stuff. No, like I mean, we've we've got a nice yard and that sort of thing, and I I know frogs can be useful in the yard. Well, look, they are. They're, they're a sign that you've got a, a you know a fairly healthy garden that that it's surviving there. Have you tried to flush the poor thing out? Is that something you could do or? Well, yeah, the top of the drain is sort of uh, cemented in type thing and that. That's the only place I can sort of trace it. Yeah, you know how a drain's got an elbow and all that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. I, I was just thinking, and it's coming from where you're, uh, like your downpipe, is it? Or... Yeah, mate, yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. wondering, why don't you stick a hose down the downpipe and see if you can flush the poor thing out? I mean, uh, you, know... you reckon it might be up in the uh, pipe? Yeah, look, you're not going to you're not going to hurt the thing, but uh, I know, but like I mean, no, I don't mind a frog. I love frogs. Yeah, well, look, just leave, leave the thing there. As <laughs> it might have to wear some earplugs or something, but uh, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, but no, not not a bad thing to have in your garden. But look, if you do want uh, you do want to chase him off to another home, you'd probably just try and flush him out of the yeah, out of the okay. pipe well, and relocate him. Do any damage anyway? Yeah, like I mean. No, look, a- absolutely not. The only thing it's going to be doing is keeping your uh, your mozzies and other insects at bay. So, yeah, an no, absolutely no good problem. thing. Yeah, yeah, a great okay. thing. Yeah, well, thanks for that. Okay, good on you. Thanks very much for that, Barry. I'll crack away now. I tell you, was a good frog impression, though. Yeah, You've got to give him that. Well, I think he's he's must have been recording it. He's probably been out there uh, perfecting that croak, just constantly listening to it and go, "I can do that." Yeah, he's <laughs> done very well. <laughs> it's Guardy Tour back on two and you are FM Scotch. Uh, before you leave us, you had mentioned something about azaleas. Yes, before. yes, gall. Gall. The gall, the gall of it. Well, that's right, I forgot about <laughs> yeah, that pun. Sorry, yeah. Well, I had to give it another <laughs> another run, didn't I? Uh, look, azaleas have, uh, they get a gall on them at the moment, yep. uh, on the leaves, and it looks like uh, the leaves sort of all puffy and deformed and horrible. It's a fungal disease they get. Uh, look, you can uh, give it a spray if you want to with the old copper oxychloride. Uh, probably prune it off, put it in a plastic bag, discard it in the in the bin yep. just to get rid of those, and then give it a spray as well. So that's one way of getting rid of that. There is another gall out there as well. Uh, unfortunately, it's uh, a, probably a worse one. It's on You get it on citrus. It's a wasp. Oh, that, okay. Yeah, that comes in. And uh, on citrus, you might have seen like you get this funny little lump uh, on the branches of citrus and then the eggs are actually in there and then they eat their way out and, and oh, okay. uh, release it's themselves. Delightful. Yeah, And the only way, unfortunately, to get rid of that is by pruning it out. Yep. Really important to do it because um, if the gall wasp, uh, you know, just continues to uh, to breed, uh, they just keep on damaging your citrus. Unfortunately, though, it can be down lower in the citrus and so very difficult to, uh, to actually try and prune it out. Um, so... I guess if you do see it there, you might just want to, uh, you know, sort of almost wrap it up in something just to try and stop the the wasps from, uh, you know, getting back out again uh, and, and doing further damage. But if you can prune it out again, plastic bag, tie it up in the bin and get yep. rid of it. Uh, so gall wasp, uh, very bad for your citrus and gall, leaf gall for your azalea, not so bad, uh, but uh, quite treatable. Right, okay, right. Yeah. And a wasp as well, that's... 
Yeah, nasty little. Th- mm. Well, look, it's probably not a bad thing, and you know, not a stinging wasp. Yep. You know, that's going to damage uh, or hurt us, but uh, yeah, certainly does a lot of damage to your citrus plant. And and that bark then just dies off, and, and the uh, the branch will go bad on you. So uh, yeah, try and keep it under control if you can. Rightio. And before you do leave us, did you say about wind? Yes, it's well, it's very windy. Well, yes. It's very dry out there at the moment. Uh, one of the plants that's really going to suffer at this time of year because it's in full bloom is your hydrangea. Yep. They're the uh, the purple and blue and white uh, flowers that you see out and about at the moment. They're a very vascular plant, so they love water. Uh, so make sure that uh, in these windy conditions that, uh, you know, you're just trying to, if it's in a pot, move it and try and give it a protected yep. spot. Uh, but otherwise, just so much water for your uh, hydrangeas at the moment, especially if in the, in the ground. Uh, even if you've got, uh, you know, a bit of shade cloth or something to toss over it if it's in the sun, just to try and take away one of those factors, uh, you know, the, the sun or, you know, the wind. Yep. Uh, and by watering, that's how you're going to try and stop that dehydration of the plant. Scott Sharp, thank you very much, and we'll go water our garden this afternoon. Sounds like a good idea. It's Gardening Talk back on 2 and URFM. We'll be back again next Monday. We will be. Excellent. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>